Good evening, and welcome to Psychedelic Healing. I'm your host, Sonia Cotto, nurse anesthesiologist and mental health advocate. Here again with you this week. I am very excited to be interviewing uh, one of my colleagues tonight. I have Kate Yetiker. She is a seasoned holistic nurse practitioner with over two decades of experience in the healthcare field. Her focus in the last eight years has really been getting to the root cause of disease when she's treating her patients. And her most rewarding work really started with holistic and integrative mental health, where she began to work with psychedelics, specifically ketamine. As a lifelong learner, she has multiple specialties and certifications, from functional medicine and nutrition to energetic healing as a Qigong and Reiki master, somatic trauma therapy, IFS, internal family systems. You are so well-rounded. It is such an honor to have met you and have been able to work with you in this space. Welcome, Kate. Thank you. I'm very grateful to be here and grateful to have known you and worked with you in this life and have been given the opportunity to work with you and to begin this uh, this connection and this relationship. So I'm very grateful to be here. Thank you. That was a oh, yeah. very stellar introduction. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. You have so many amazing credentials. I'm like, how do I bring this down to like a minute introduction. Now, I'm just such an Aquarius, right? I'm just always interested in so many things, you know? It's yeah. hard to to tone it down. <laughs> no, and I loved it when I first met you, just knowing that you have that holistic approach of like, it's not about pharmaceuticals, but it's really energy and, and yeah. nutrition and what's going around like the whole person, not just right. a pill, you know? Right. But I'm just so curious because of all the specialties, how did you actually get into the ketamine space? 20 years ago, I did, or more than that now, maybe 22, 23 years ago, I got certified in Qigong. At the time, I was working as a labor and delivery nurse at Jackson Hospital here in Miami. And that was the beginning of my kind of foray into more Eastern type of medicine stuff, right? So it was energy work. And so that kind of laid, I would say, the foundation for me in terms of just kind of approaching illness differently and approaching wellness differently. And then when I was working in the hospital system, I had a baby and I had a really colicky baby and a really fussy baby. And I kind of started to go down these rabbit holes and I just started learning functional medicine. I took every course I could in in an attempt to help my baby. And in an attempt to help my baby, I educated myself so much about holistic remedies about herbal medicines, about, you know, I took every course I could find about holistic nutrition, about, um, you know, cogents, uh, inflammation courses, you name it, everything, functional medicine university. And in the course of doing that, I, I healed my daughter and I also healed myself. And I began to realize that even though it was something that I knew intuitively, I started to see the science behind it. I started to see like, this really is evidence-based medicine, right? Like there are studies that support what I intuitively know helps me feel better and, you know, helps me to live a, a more balanced life. And so I was working in the hospital system and I wanted to get out of it because traditional Western medicine was kind of, I had had my fill of it at that point. I was getting frustrated seeing patients who were just, you know, it was this typical symptom management of Western medicine where nobody was really getting better, just their symptoms were being treated. 
I knew my time was coming to a close in, in the hospital system. And so I started looking for other work and I found a job on Indeed at a ketamine clinic and they were looking for, for exactly me, a holistic nurse practitioner. And so I applied and it was almost destiny, like the story of how I met my former boss, who I, who I love deeply, a wonderful person, Dr. Hassan. And he interviewed me, and we actually ran into each other on the campus of UM, where I was working at the time. Before we could even have an interview, we just collided. And wow. in, the, in the midst of this collision, we spoke for two hours. And by the end of that conversation, he was like, you have the job. And wow. yeah. And so it was really, I really feel like I was just the divine alignment of things. And I was pushed into that role. And started working with ketamine and he really wanted me to bring in this functional medicine aspect to mental health. Cause I said, you know, it's just not enough to do ketamine. We have to also look at diet. We have to look at the gut microbiome. We have to give supplements to support brain health, you know, mind body medicine, looking at what type of meditative or contemplative practices do people have and supporting them in that and giving them the tools. Right. I came in that space and I just kind of loved it. I mean, I, I was so profoundly impacted by how transformative ketamine was for people that I knew that I would never be the same. I knew that it was, you know, that that was it for me. I was like, this is, this has got me written all over it. So (laughs) was it IV at the time? It was IV. Yeah. It was IV and it was occasionally I am. And so I worked there for a while eventually. And he said to me, you know, I'm going to eventually expand and I want to take you away from your full-time hospital job. And I was like, sure. And he did. He did yes, do that. Please. Yeah. <laughs> and and I should say that, you know, for uh, music is one of my passions as well. And I was a DJ for many years. So part of what I love to do for my clients is to curate a playlist that really supports the psychedelic journey and psychedelic experience. And one that's specific to what that person may need or want in the experience. So I really loved making the playlists and and then also doing the energy work and giving people Reiki, you know, while they were in the experience, if they were having a difficult moment. And I, you know, in the beginning, I feel like I talked a lot with people. And then I started to realize that the more I just was the container and held the space for them energetically and just with my loving presence, the more they were able to transcend the moment. And we didn't have, they could get to that wisdom on their own. They didn't need me to speak. Right. But that came in time. You know, all of this was a process and it's still an unfolding, of course, I'm still learning. So we were doing infusions. And then shortly after that, we got bought out by a a tech company and and they wanted to create the at-home model. Um, We were already prescribing lozage because around that time, COVID happened. So not as many people were coming into the office. So my boss was like, all right, we have to pivot and we're going to start prescribing lozenge. So I did that for a long time Um, and and our company grew and we expanded and we went into all these different states and then I ended up training all the people who were hired to do exactly what I had been doing. And I started to see in the course of all that, that just like the people had these massive transformations and positive results in office, they were having the same results with lozenge, you know, given that they were prepared and they were supported and they were doing it in a safe manner. But I began to see that, you know, and initially I thought, well, how will I connect with people in this remote space? Will it be the same? And I found that I really could connect with people 
obviously like nothing zoom and stuff like the yeah when you would meet yeah mm-hmm. yeah obviously nothing beats the human interaction right but you know i think cost wise the at home model is you know helpful for a lot of people you know not everyone can afford to do infusions and it's just not as accessible as maybe we would like it to be for people right so i think that it it, it gave a lot of people the opportunity to access this beautiful molecule which they may not have ever had access to otherwise. And again, I watched it heal so many people and help so many people. And um, and I watched, another beautiful thing about that was that I watched all these colleagues that I had trained, I watched how their lives changed doing the work and how their lives changed and were positively impacted by the just witnessing all this healing. And so... Yeah. It's something to be said for, you know, when I, I see the transformation on my patients, it's like life changing as opposed to in the hospitals, we're just managing, you know, symptoms, just getting them stable enough to go home. And it's not real healing you nope. know, to me. It's it's I want to like push them and tell them these are the things you need to do. Changing right. the diet, changing the nutrition. You have so much inflammation and right. you can't. It's like, no, here's this pill. Right recover this right. symptom and then this pill to treat the symptom of this pill, you know. Exactly. Uh, exactly. And and the sad part is about that too is that patients in general, the populace is not informed, right? And they're getting their information from TV and commercials and marketing. You know, and like what I try to explain to people is like you're being marketed to by drug companies. It is intentional, right? So there isn't as much awareness about nutrition, about how the role of inflammation in depression and the role of inflammation in microglial activation and neurodegenerative diseases. I mean, there's so much that can be said for inflammation. I mean, that's another whole podcast we get to, right? But right. But I would notice that when I would talk to people, they would they would just be utterly shocked, you know, and a lot of them would be treatment resistant de- depressed people who've been depressed for 20 years. Nobody had ever in those 20 years spoken to them about their diet spoken to them about the importance of like their micronutrient status, their B vitamins, the gut, omegas, you know, all the things, you know, nobody had mentioned it. And it was just like, ah, you know? (laughs) So I just did my best to, you know, just kind of disperse and spread that information as, as widely as possible, which none of which is rocket science, but it's, it's just these fundamental things that, you know, we need to return to, which is how we used to eat and how we used to live. We weren't eating processed foods. We weren't, we were living more connected to nature. We did have more balance. And it's just, sometimes it's just reminding people like there's a way to return to, to balance that is not so complicated. And just doing little, little tweaks like that will help you to feel incredibly different and, and, and also help you to feel more empowered, right? Because then you're taking a role. Oh, I'm accountable for my health, right? Instead of like, this person gives me a pill and it makes me feel better. It's like, no, like, yes, I'm prescribing you this ketamine, but the work is on you now, right? To, to integrate these insights into your life, to take advantage of all this neuroplasticity, to incorporate the tools, to meditate, to try to eat healthier, you know? And that's the thing about being having a holistic is a, approach is that you incorporate all the pieces, right? Everything that impacts health and wellness. It's never just, we see a lot, I think, in our field, even in the psychedelic space, there's a lot of focus just on like the medicines, the molecules, and then the 
Yeah, like the molecule. Psychedelic experience. Yeah. Right? And it's like, well, wait a minute. Like that is so important, of course. And your diet is also important. And your sleep is also important. And your level of activity and your relationships. Are they nurturing? Do you feel connected? Are you know, are you present? Are people present with you? There's there's just so many components to like what makes us feel good and what helps us to thrive. And it's never just one thing. And so that's why, you know, holism and holistic, the holistic approach says, okay, well, I'm going to look at this entire picture, right? And, and invariably what I see just working in integrative medicine now for the last how many years is like a patient could come in with a complaint and maybe it's like a GI complaint, right? But there's always some emotional. Yeah, that amount of. That hasn't been addressed. Yeah. No, I've done like tons of endoscopies on 20, 30 year olds that come out clean where they look into the, they scope and look into the stomach and there's nothing wrong. Right. Physically, you know, and a lot of times it's mental or a microscopic inflammatory, you know, disease in there, but a lot of it is mental and stress induced. Right. Right. So it's funny because like, uh, I'm, I'm working in an integrative medicine practice right now and they have a joke saying like, oh, all the patients that see Kate, they come out crying. You know, and it's like, and I'm like, no, I'm not making them cry. What I'm giving them is a space to feel safe enough that they can express to me what they've been holding in this whole time, right? Which is never just like my knee hurts, my, you know, I think I have mold or I, you know, I want to, I want to test for heavy metals or whatever, you know, we do a lot of things in integrative medicine, but it's like, it's never only those things, right? It's all the things. Yeah. We um, had a session together and I was just so overwhelmed and anxious and nothing was working. I mean, nothing was helping. It was obviously like my schedule and stress. But in the end, I finally like broke down. I was like, fine, I'm only 43. There's no reason why I need to check my hormones, but let's check it, you know, because my partner wanted it, is certified in hormone replacement, Cali. And my hormones were totally, completely imbalanced. I was so inflamed. Within a week of starting the hormone replacement through pellet, my anxiety was gone. Right. You saw me in the state that I was. I did. Yeah. Uh, That was like the peak. And that was like with all this energy work and, you know, my schedule is my schedule, but something as simple as that. Like, and you know what? But that's not even simple. Here's the thing, right? And that's another thing. I was normal. Yeah. Right. But according to the doctor, of course. They would would do a CBC, they'd do a CMP, and they'd say, you're fine. You know, and it's like, but I'm not, I don't feel fine, you know? And that's what you get in functional medicine. You get all the people who are not being listened to by anyone else. And they're like, mm-hmm. something's wrong with me. And I sit with them for an hour and a half to two hours. And I find out what's wrong with you. Oh, you took antibiotics for two years straight for acne. You don't have a gut microbiome. Or you just traveled internationally. You feel like crap since you've been back night. So it's, you might have a parasite. You know, it's so many things, right? But it's like. It requires taking the time to fully listen. And that's that's where the healing comes in is just the witnessing, right? It's just like, I'm here to be this presence for you. It's safe. You can open up. You can talk to me about it. But I feel you. I mean, the same thing happened to me last year. I was I was not feeling myself. And then I checked my hormones and I was like, wow. And the thing about hormones is inflammation is going to impact hormone function, right? So it's like, Again, it goes back to inflammation. It's like, yeah, we can, we can, same thing. We can take hormones, right? But if we don't address the underlying inflammation that created, you know, this 
big yeah. upset in our HPA axis and everything else and their adrenals and all of that, then we're never really getting to the root, right? Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, but I know hormones are life-changing. Life-changing. Yeah. Like <laughs> night and day. I know when yeah. it's the time <laughs> to get another pellet. <laughs> I mean, you know, I have so many people, like let's say women, for example, who just have PMS symptoms. And this would be my ketamine patients, right? They're, sometimes some of them would seek ketamine just for PMS symptoms because they'd be so ragey and so emotional, couldn't handle it and so depressed. And and I would say, you know, have you ever taken DIM? And they're like, no, what's that? And I'm like, oh, well, this just helps you, you know, it's a natural, it's found in the cruciferous vegetables. And this is just a, a natural way to help your liver to detoxify excess estrogen. Like, oh, I didn't know that. It's like, okay, boom, like life-changing. Just a simple thing like that. You know, how often should they take it just when they're going to have their period or just take yeah, it usually around? the week before usually the week before the period is is helpful. And there's some other Chinese herbs that are helpful for that as well. And chase berry extract is helpful. And, you know, there's and that's the thing that all these nature does provide for us. Right. Like nature provides like yeah. if we want to seek healing, we know it's out there. Just like, and ketamine too, right? Like it's all, it's all part of nature because we're all connected. All, everything is connected. But it's funny because we're talking about like getting to the root cause and, you know, it's funny. It's almost like a reflective of ketamine and psychedelics because we're getting to the root cause with all mental health. It's like, here's this antidepressant. Here's an antipsychotic. Here's a pill to treat the symptom. Right. Where now we have psychedelics that allows you to go deep down within your subconscious to then discover and become aware of what is the real root cause, you know, when you're right. at work. Like, absolutely. And particularly in the case of trauma and childhood trauma and, and addiction, like you look at addiction, you know, and I mean, what what is the root of all that? It's this pain of, of this trauma that's never been addressed, never been healed, never been unpacked, never been witnessed. And how does that manifest? We you know people numb, we numb ourselves, right? And, and we're all guilty of that. But an addict is going to take that to to the deepest level because they're so uncomfortable, right? So they have to continue to numb it, and that's how they feel okay. That's that's how they can survive. And then that's you witness. Right, yeah. Right. And you see, I mean, I know for myself with ketamine, people with PTSD respond so phenomenally well to ketamine. It is. I mean, myself personally, like I had PTSD the first time I tried ketamine. I didn't even know how bad I was at that point, to be honest with you. My brain was really just not even functioning well. And I did it with my former boss. And I had a really traumatic uh, miscarriage. And oh, I'm so sorry. Thank you. It's still difficult to talk about years later. <laughs> but um, I had had two miscarriages, but the, the last one that I had was uh, really traumatic on a number of levels. And, you know, I had a young kid and I was going through a lot and I was working two jobs and I just I always meditated, I always reikied myself, I, I saw my psychotherapist, I did all the things, you know, clean diet, you name it. But I was very disassociated still, you know, and I think that's just how I was able to continue living and yeah. working, right, until I did ketamine. And I, you know, obviously had this 
beautiful experience where I saw both the babies that I lost as energy and I was able to like embrace them and I was able to let it go the best that it could in that moment right and it was so transcendent it was so powerful for me I mean to this day still and that was my first ketamine experience I ever had Your first one that was the first one I ever had and since then I've had so many beautiful experiences and I've witnessed so many beautiful experiences and I just yeah I always say I'm a ketamine evangelist. If you want to talk to me about ketamine, I will talk to you all day long because, you know, really what other molecule do we have that is really so safe, right? I mean, unless you are not being wise about it, right? It's really just a very safe medicine to use and with proper instruction and proper preparation and set and setting and feeling safe, knowing you're safe, knowing you're supported, it can it can give you a massive opportunity for healing. It can provide that. And yeah, because the medicine is like a love frequency in itself. So you do always feel safe, mm-hmm. love, even if we're leaving a trauma. It's usually a loving experience. Always. Almost always. Experience. Almost yeah. always. And I'm sure you've observed this as well, but a lot of my clients will be very... Uh, I find it very much as a heart opener for people, even though it's not classified as such, but people will come out of, 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 you know, the ending of their journey and they're just like overflowing with love, you know, and they want to, they want to share it with me. And they're like, oh my God, I love you. You're amazing. I was just like, okay, thanks. You know, like, oh, you know, it's just, it's such a beautiful thing to witness. Like people really coming into their heart space and just like that expansiveness, you know? Because when you work in energy, you work in, in Reiki, you know, you're working on all these chakras. You're, 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 you know where someone's imbalanced, even if I don't do a hour long assessment, you know, I can, mm-hmm. I can pick up energetically, right? With Reiki where there's an imbalance and you invariably for me, I always see when people do ketamine, this, this expansiveness, right? This expansiveness of the heart. And then they're, and that's the beauty of it, right? Because then they carry that out. They carry that out into the world. And then it, and it's not only expanding their their heart, but it's expanding their conscious awareness. They become more conscious as a result of this beautiful medicine, right? Of all the medicines, most of the psychedelics, right? That's part of what they do. But I've seen people who, you know, are very rigid and like, or let's say very like on one political end of the spectrum. And after six doses, they're like, wait a minute, <laughs> you know, they're starting to rethink everything. They're starting to rethink, well, why, why did I think, why did I go to war? Why did I think war was okay? Why did, why did I ever kill people? Why did, you know, it's just like, wow, you see these glimmers and it's. Yeah. The interconnection where everyone. Yeah. And then that's how, you know, like, wow, I'm, this is really important work that I'm a part of, you know? And when I used to train uh, the employees in my former job, and that at home ketamine company, I used to tell them like, yeah, this is important work because you're healing people. Of course, they're, they're getting off their meds. They're not as depressed anyway, healing trauma. But also you're advancing the consciousness. You're advancing the consciousness on this plan. That's to be like, what an honor to be a part of that, right? Like it's so, I have so much humility. I've had a ketamine journey where I literally was just like, thank you, ketamine. So- <laughs> You know, I don't know if that's happened to you, but I know it happened to me where I was in the infusion and I'm like, 
even if you're not suffering, everyone needs ketamine. Everyone oh, yeah. needs the oneness. Oh, yeah. It was oh, the most God. beautiful experience and just having so that connection. Tell me that too. Even on their first dose of ketamine, they're like, everybody needs six. Everybody yes. needs ketamine in their lives. And I'm like, I couldn't agree with you more. Yes. <laughs> very, very, very true. It's so funny because when I first was doing anesthesia, it was like, you cannot use ketamine on veterans or any patients with PTSD because it could trigger them. Ah. And looking back on them, I'm like, no, no, no. They need more. They just should not be slapped away. They shouldn't be yelled at. It should be nice, right. calm, soothing environment, but it's so therapeutic and healing. I wanted to ask you too, because I know the dosing is different because of the bioavailability versus the trochs, the oral dosing um, right. through the IV. Because I know 100% of what I give you receive, you know, with the IV. So how did you learn to like dose, you know, your patients at home? Well, so you dose them. Obviously, it's a significantly higher dose oral because of the bioavailability when you're taking it oral is like maybe 17 to 20% if you're lucky, right? Um, and there was, you know, it was a learning curve. We had to figure that out in the beginning. And luckily, we had a lot of patients that were long, long-term patients that were transitioning from IV to oral. And I, I want to say that this is why the work is so nuanced, right? It's not about, especially with oral dosing, like it's really not only specifically about how many milligrams per kilo. Like even with my own private patients, like I don't dose that way. I got used to dosing in terms of how our compounding pharmacy would prescribe ketamine. And that was 150 milligram lozenge, right? Mm -hmm. And I had to kind of figure out, do I want to start someone at anywhere between 100 and 200 milligrams oral? Like that's usually a start, good starting dose for someone who is psychedelic naive and, you know, maybe a little bit anxious about the experience. That's usually just like a nice intro dose, right? Kind of irrespective of weight, because as you know, the sensitivity to ketamine is, has nothing to do with weight. It has, it's really, so it really takes a very detailed, like thorough history to understand how to dose oral because same patient, let's say they're taking trazodone at night, they're, they're on gabapentin, they're on benzos. You know, anybody who's on that many meds that are like numbing, that are kind of, you know, mm-hmm. they're going to need a much higher dose of oral ketamine, just like they'd need a higher dose IV when I go to see you. I'm sure you've observed the same. Oh, yeah, definitely. Very hard for them to access the psychedelic space unless they have a higher and have that mystical experience unless they're on a the much higher dose. But... What I would always do is remind people like, you know, in order to do this safely, we, we always have to start you off very low to just have a baseline, right? And then if you tell me, hey, it was just kind of like a meditation. I didn't feel bloaty. I didn't go out of my body. Okay, then I know I'll probably increase you another 150 to 200 milligrams for your next dose. And so we would dose people incrementally. And that's how I've always done it. I dose people incrementally. I, I start them out anywhere between 150 to 200 milligrams for the first dose. And then I might increase to 300 milligrams for the second and third. And then I'm, we're always checking in, right? So like, how is this dose? How deep was it? How profound? What were the side effects? What did you... Because you can have a lot of side effects with oral as well, you know? Right. Um, and so I, that's what I mean by it's, it's very individualized, right? And it kind of takes a lot of... It takes a little bit more experimentation in terms of, you know, finding the sweet spot in your dosing. But then once you've found it, you're like, okay, so, you know... For people who are meditators, very experienced, like dropping into the space, 
like myself, for example, like I don't need a high dose of, of ketamine oral or uh, IV, right? And so everyone's different. Um, but I think the most important thing about oral dosing is just really preparing the patient in terms of fasting. I always like to prep people with, you know, ginger tea, mint tea, anything that's like a natural antiemetic. I always try to stress that they've eaten a nutri nutrient-dense meal that day that has protein so there's no spikes in blood sugar, you know, because all these things contribute. A lot of the side effects from ketamine I've found are just dehydration, to be honest yeah. with you. So I really encourage everyone to take an electrolyte packet before they start the experience. And I know you're a fan of magnesium too. I always recommend magnesium if they have it. But I've found that, you know, with the right set and setting, just like anything, you know, you don't necessarily need a high dose. And so people tend to get really hung up on milligrams. I do. You know, that's a very much a part of our American and just the, the ego that's like, I need this number to be a certain number. Yeah. Um, or they want to go higher and higher. And I'm like, at a certain point, you're not going to have an experience. And then what, like, the that's not what you want. You know, right. And there is such a thing as being too deep. I've been there yeah. on I am dosing. I've been on an I am journey where I'm just so far gone that I don't even know. I can't even make sense of the music. I can't. I don't know what's happening. I'm just. Yeah. It's like, well, OK, surrender, surrender, surrender. Yeah. <laughs> That's all we can do right now. You know, we are out of time for this week, but not to worry. We'll bring you the conclusion of my conversation with Kate next week. Until then, have a beautiful night.